Ballinger in the corner to my right. From Virginia Beach, Virginia, weighing in at 242 pounds, the vastly popular Magnum T. And now, the U.S. heavyweight champion from San Antonio, Texas, accompanied tonight by Baby Doll, a perfect 10. Ladies and gentlemen, weighing in tonight at 235 pounds, Tully Blanchard. Howdy, 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 fans, and welcome to episode five of the Nuts and Volts of Pro Wrestling. And I'm coming to you today deep in the mountains of the West. And we are talking Tully Blanchard versus Magnum TA. That's right, their infamous cage match, their infamous I Quit match, their infamous title match for the United States title at Starcade 85. No, it is not from the Great American Bash, as I mistakenly said online. I don't know why I thought about that. I think I was just, you know, with summer ending, I was trying to think of some Great American Bash matches, and I named two of three, and for whatever reason, I was thinking about Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA, so I threw it up as if that was a Great American Bash. And match, and of course, I was quickly corrected. It is from Starcade 85, and yes, of course, I know that. I still have the VHS tape, the best of Starcade. Please forgive me. You can send your hate tweets to at PWPaperChampion on the Twitter. You have to forgive me. My mind has been deep into Lonesome Dove. Yes, I have actually progressed on Lonesome Dove. I am all the way up to like page 60 now, and I'll tell you why. It's because of the captain. That's right, the character of the captain has piqued my interest in the Lonesome Dove. While on the other side of the coin, Augustus, he is not my kind of guy, but I'm all about the captain. And you know, after uh, last time when we talked about the milk spillage incident by my beloved or not quite beloved novel Lonesome Dove, I had to move it up on the shelf. And then I thought, well, you know, they say it's good to read before bedtime, so instead of maybe some screen time, I figured, why not read it in the bed? The problem is the lamp next to my bed, it's just not very bright. Um, it's definitely not going to keep anybody awake at night, and I have to lay on a certain side most nights because my one shoulder hurts significantly, so when I lay the other way, that dim light is not quite enough to read by, uh, especially a novel like Lonesome Dove. So between the low light and the story itself, I am quickly asleep. So I have moved it back out of my bedroom, back out into the living room, hopefully safe from any future milk spilling 
Uh, if that does happen, we will certainly not be crying. You're probably listening to me today on the Hameen Media feed. Uh, I have recently debuted on there, and I'm all for it. More ears. Uh, while you're on the Hameen Media feed, you might as well check out the Pro Wrestling Reflections podcast. They are what I like to call the coy and vance of this show. Uh, take that for what it is. But before we get into this matchup, I thought it would be important to look at the lay of the land here in the winter of 85, since that's when this matchup that we're going to be covering took place. Let's look at the PWI, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Top 10 for the NWA in 1985, right around this time period. And of course, this is with the express written consent of Stu Sachs. Number 10, Terry Taylor. Number 9, Kerry Von Erich. Remember, this is the NWA, which covered a lot of different territories. Number eight, Wahoo McDaniel. Number seven, Iceman King Parsons. Number six, Tully Blanchard. Number five, Nikita Koloff. Number four, Gino Hernandez. Number three, Black Bart. Now, from here on out, think about the main contenders in the WWE and think about how these guys would match up to uh, the current product. Number two, 1985, right around Starcade, Dusty Rhodes. And number one, of course, Magnum TA, and he's going to be in the match we're covering today. And that leaves the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Now, to get further into this, let's talk about the card itself from Starcade 85. Now, you may not realize that there was actually two different cards, both taking place on November 28th in 1985. One was at the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, and that's where our match between Magnum T.A. and Tully Blanchard took place, and we'll be getting into that here shortly. But the rest of the card looked like this. We had Crusher Khrushchev defeating Sam Houston in an NWA Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Title Championship match, and there was a title change there. Then we had Ron Bass defeat Black Bart in a Texas Bull Rope match, which turned into J.J. Dillon defeating Ron Bass in a Texas Bull Rope match. After that, we had Buddy Landell defeating Terry Taylor for the NWA National Heavyweight Championship, and then a great interview on the WWE Network following that match. More on that here in a little bit. And then came our match that we'll be covering, and the main event for that card was the Rock and Roll Express, made up of Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, defeating Ivan Koloff and Nikita Koloff in a steel cage NWA tag team title match. And yes, that was a title change. Now, on the same time, over at the Omni in Atlanta was Manny Fernandez defeating Abdul the Butcher in a Mexican death match, Billy Graham defeating the Barbarian in an arm wrestling match, which turned into a wrestling match where Barbarian lost again. So Barbarian, a two-time loser to Billy Graham at Starcade 85. Then we had Arn and Ole Anderson defeating Billy Jack Haynes and Wahoo McDaniel for the NWA National Tag Team Championship. And Jimmy Valiant and Mrs. Atlanta Lively, we all know who that really was, defeating Dennis Condry and Bobby Eaton in the Midnight Express in an Atlanta street fight. And the main event on this card was, of course, Dusty Rhodes defeating the champion, Nature Boy Ric Flair, for the NWA's World Heavyweight title. You notice there was a lot of named matches, a lot of different kind of gimmick matches. Well, who was around? Who was in power at this time? Of course, Dusty Rhodes. Well, enough about that. I like to be respectful of your time, so we'll be right back in a minute and get right into it.
Impressive resume. I see you're flatulent in three languages. Graduated top of your gas. Got gas on your mind. Your son Rip is online toot. Try Gas X. Powerful relief from pressure and bloating in a fast dissolving strip. Gas X. Pressure's off. So initially I was going to watch this match on my VHS Best of Starcade video. But lately I've been pleasantly surprised to find interviews and such that I hadn't previously seen before. Uh, things like the WWE Network existed. So, that's what I did for this I Quit match from Starcade 1985. And first up, we hear some tremendous guitar riffs and retro rock and roll as Tully Blanchard makes his way through the smoke towards the ring. Baby Doll is alongside as Tully's decked out in a long white robe. And his face shows the seriousness of this match, as does the face of his rival, Magnum T.A., who's already inside the cage. Now the referee here is Earl Hevner, and even he is looking nervous as he paces the ring, uh, definitely anticipating the potential for some brutality. Well, once uh, both competitors are in the ring, the ring announcer Tom Miller addresses a crowd as he goes over the rules of the I Quit cage match that's also for the United States Championship. And I like how Miller waited to announce both men until they were in the ring as it tends to add a big match feel to the bout. Miller announces the challenger as the vastly popular Magnum TA, which the crowd endorses by the noise they make after hearing it. Tully looks ready as Miller announces the U.S. champion, along with the perfect 10, quote-unquote, baby doll. I don't know who first named Baby Doll a perfect 10, but perhaps her glasses were in the shop at the time. Tully looked to trim down here for this event. Tully, of course, was a natural athlete in every sense of the word, uh, son of former AWA president. Blanchard got started in the wrestling business at age 10, selling peanuts at the arena and putting up flyers. Eventually, he became a part of the ring crew, helping set up for matches. Uh, he attended West Texas State University, where he started as quarterback for three years. And on that team also were Tito Santana and T Ted DiBiase, excuse me. Then after college, he went on to Florida Championship Wrestling uh, with Tito Santana. Uh, he wrestled in the NWA for most of his career. Of course, started the Four Horsemen group with Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson. Had some memorable feuds with Dusty Rhodes, obviously. Magnum TA, obviously, we're watching that right now. And even Ricky Steamboat. Okay. Well, as the bell rings, Magnum's poised, standing tall in the middle of the ring as he is hated, as the hated at the time, Blanchard, who was largely hated all of his career. He circles around him here looking for that opportunity before he eventually locks up with him. And in the corner, Magnum shrugs off a punch from Blanchard and fires a stiff one back that sent Blanchard to the apron briefly. And Blanchard wasn't afraid to take a punch, and, well, he gets plenty in this match. Tully knows he needs to get the taller Magnum off his feet, so his, he's very tenacious in going after his leg. This leads to them both rolling around on the match, jockeying to just get a single punch in. Man, when was the last time you saw this much effort put into getting a single upper hand in a wrestling ring? More than once, we see a battle of the fists, which typically Magnum, being the bigger of the two, gets the upper hand. But Tully, he doesn't back down. He shows a lot of his own grit as he keeps holding his own 
and he's not afraid to get into a punch fest. Magnum, of course, by this point, was definitely uh, no stranger to rugged battles. Uh, he had been in several already by this point in his career. Uh, of course, Magnum, uh, Terry Allen, of course, started wrestling in 1977 and joined the National Wrestling Alliance. Um, that's where he began competing for the championship wrestling from Florida and the Pacific Northwest wrestling territories. Uh, when he debuted in Mid-South, Allen renamed himself to Magnum TA and adopted the character known as the American Heartthrob. Uh, that obviously was based on Allen's slight resemblance to actor Tom Selleck's television character, Magnum P.I., uh, my personal all-time favorite television show. Uh, it was a proud day when I eventually owned every single Magnum P.I. on DVD. This was after I spent years taping off of television Magnum P.I. episodes, probably on the USA Network at the time, on VHS. It took me years to get every single episode, all 162 episodes, definitely an homage to Magnum P.I., or sorry, Tom Selleck's uh, favorite sport of baseball. Uh, but as soon as I got every episode recorded, then boom, they came out on DVD and I had to start all over. But anyways, Alan adopted the ring name of Magnum T.A. after Honor the Giant suggested that he combine the Magnum name with the initials of his real name. And then in 1984, the National Wrestling Alliance and Jim Crockett Promotions signed Magnum. And after debuting, Magnum began feuding with Wahoo McDaniel. and He defeated him for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship, the very U.S. Heavyweight Championship that's on the line here in this match. Um... He had some battles with Kamala as well, and then he began feuding with the Four Horsemen before feuding solely with Tully Blanchard that we're seeing here, and of course, Valley Baby Doll was involved in that uh, as well. Uh, he had lost a uh, to Ric Flair, the Horseman leader, of course, in some real stellar bouts. But... Uh, so Magnum was no stranger to those rugged battles, as I mentioned, as we see a lot of back and forth here in the first handful of minutes and a lot of really fantastic camera angles given the time that really showcase both the battle itself and the stature of both guys here. Uh, it's Tully first who has decided has to decide if he wants to quit or not as he gets busted open here in this cage match. Boy, is this realism or what? Magnum forces the microphone in front of him. And the referee here, he just stays out of the way as Magnum is only able to get a harsh-sounding no, no from Tully at this point. Blanchard appears to be bleeding from his left shoulder here in addition to his head as Magnum continues to punch at the shoulder, uh, thereby increasing the flow of blood. It takes a rake here of Magnum's eyes for Blanchard to get a reprieve from the damage being done to his arm. And the camera now clearly shows a steady flow of blood coming down from the face of Magnum. And then uh, after that, Tully, I believe, was the next to ask his rival if he wanted to quit, but Magnum screams out, Heck no! And uh, it was very gurgled as all the uh, audio was because these guys, they're in the middle of a fight. Um, but when Magnum yelled, Heck no, that resulted, that just resulted in Blanchard blasting Magnum two to three times in the head with the microphone before asking him again, uh, with the same result. Man, the seriousness is on display by these two gladiators, and the toughness is shown 
This is what makes this match as memorable as it is. The fight and effort they've been shown here and put forth is obvious by the fact they're both battling from prone positions for a lot of this match. They're like laid out on the match, just clawing and scratching and fighting every every minute. Blanchard remains in control for a short time until Magnum eventually fires up and battles back, which results in despair on the face of Baby Doll, who is still at ringside. And you really have to watch and see this match to appreciate the struggle that's on display between these two and hear the desperation in their voices as they fight that urge to quit. You can't help but get caught up in it as you watch it. Baby Doll agrees as she looks on in astonishment, holding her hands to her face as both men are losing blood. They aren't doing any type of wrestling moves as this battle wages on, but more of that clawing, scratching, punching, which just shows the level of disdain they had for each other. This is a fight! Blanchard's barely able to see through his crimson mask as desperation sets in, causing him to hurl the referee aside before continuing to deal out punishment to Magnum. It's as uh, Hefner is slowly getting to his feet when four horsemen and formerly Tully Blanchard Enterprises manager J.J. Dillon hurls a wooden chair over the top of the cage and into the waiting hands of Blanchard. The crowd at this point is hysteric as Tully busts the chair on the, on the mat to into pieces and makes a makeshift spike from the remains. And you forget you're watching a professional wrestling match and look on with shock as Blanchard kicks the referee back down and goes to jam the wooden spike into the face of his enemy, Magnum. Luckily, the camera zooms in as a struggle uh, of the struggle as Blanchard is he's trying to force the spike into the face of Magnum. He's on top of him, and he's trying to take this spike and push it into the face of Magnum, and then, of course, from Magnum's side to stop it. He is trying to stop that. So, man, you see muscles, sweat, blood, struggle... This is a battle for the ages. Not just careers, but lives seem to be hanging in the balance as they struggle over this jagged wooden spike. Blanchard is about a centimeter from touchdown when Magnum delivers three knee strikes to the right side of the ribs of Blanchard, causing Blanchard to fall over and the weapon to careen to the side of the ring. Magnum lunges and grabs it just in time before Baby Doll gets a hold of it through the cage. And he wastes no time in jamming the spike into the forehead of Blanchard. And the referee now is right there when Tully utters defeat in the form of, Yes! Yes! And Tony Schiavone states, Tully said yes! Tully said yes! Man, as Baby Doll comes into the ring to check on the condition of her man, the camera gets a shot of Magnum, where he looks like a man at that turning point in his life. You know the one. As if he'd just been part of something so brutal that it changed him as a person. Eventually, he throws his newly won championship over his shoulder and exits. Ooh, we'll be back in a minute. Amen, amen. Skeletor figure, Castle Grey Skull and Thunder Punch, He Man figure, each soul separately. You put the castle together. With He Man over there, Grey Skull will be mine. Like I said, Bone Face, you hear the thunder here, but I feel the punch here. Thunder Punch, He Man, new from the Masters of the Universe collection. Skeletor and Castle Grey Skull, each soul separately. 
Just a tremendous match. And then, of course, uh, post this match, Tully Blanchard, he began teaming with Arn Anderson, my personal all-time favorite tag team combination. Uh, that duo won the NWA Tag Team Championship from the Rock and Roll Express. And they would eventually, after losing their titles to the Midnight Express, uh, go to the WWF, where, of course, they were managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan, and they were called the Brain Busters. And those Brain Busters won the WWF Tag Team titles from Demolition on Saturday night's main event. And they had a great feud full of uh, very underrated matches, probably, with the Rockers. Of course, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Uh, the Rockers, although vastly popular, were not considered an upper echelon team uh, at this point in their career. But that's why I say underrated matches. But you go back and watch any matches between the Rockers and the Brain Busters, and it is just tremendous. Blanchard eventually was hoping to go back to the NWA with Arn Anderson, and they were going to reform the Horsemen with Ric Flair, but the NWA refused to hire him. And uh, Blanchard had explained that when that happened, that this was when he gave his life to Christ. And he did wrestle some sporadic shows uh, there on out, but he remained in active ministry to, uh, in prisons, actually. So uh, I can certainly identify with that. And uh, he speaks a lot to those struggling with addictions, which is what the issue was with Blanchard and not being rehired uh, in the NWA at the time. So, of course, then they had to kind of rewrite history, and Sting became that fourth horseman after Starcade Future Shock. And the rest, they say, for Tully Blanchard is history. And of course we all unfortunately know what happened to Magnum. Uh, not long after this he had that infamous car wreck which led to the superpowers alliance between Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff. But Magnum was certainly still kept around. He did a lot of backstage work. He did some announcing. Uh, he, his condition was used in some angles unfortunately. And as recent as uh, All In event here in 2018 he was present for his, uh, his uh, what is he, godchild, I believe, uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, there's some type of relationship there between Cody Rhodes and Magnum TA, and he was present for the all-in event there. So just a, just a tremendous thing, you know. And I remember first watching this match as a kid on my Best of Starcade VHS that I still have, and I was just as enthralled watching it for this podcast as I was back then. Furthermore, on the VHS copy, Magnum even says, because he's the host of the, of the videotape, like I said, they try to give him work to keep him busy still, but he says that he's not particularly proud of this match because of its brutality. Now that comment from Magnum on that VHS, that further added to the opportunity to suspend one's disbelief. Man, those were the days. You know, I decided to get a few others' opinions on the match, so I asked the Jim Crockett Promotions diehards on their Facebook group to give some thoughts on the famous match, and I had to eventually turn off the comments because I, they were just, uh, a lot of people had a lot to say, and I only have so much time here. Uh, Bobby Hammer, who uh, is back on the Jim Crockett Promotions Facebook group, he took a hiatus during the Jim Hurd era of the group, but Bobby Hammer, who I'm a big fan of, uh, he says, the top three, top three matches in my opinion. I was a Magnum TA fan and hates Tully Blanchard. 
It was hardcore before hardcore was a thing. Just brutal. The end where Magnum showed a little mercy was the perfect ending. Uh, Bobby Hammer hits the nail right on the head. Uh, you're absolutely right. I didn't actually mention that. Right at the end, Magnum wanted to keep uh, just delivering punishment to Tully Blanchard, but he decides to stop at that point, having already won the match. Carrie Rives said, greatest match ever. They both were amazing competitors, and the build-up to this conclusion was unbelievable, too. I could not agree more. This was an amazing match, and they really built it up. Jason Garris says, one of the best matches of all time, but it was the build-up to it that made it. Such a great story told by both guys leading up to the match, and of course, Tully is one of the all-time greats. That is the very definition of how you finish an angle. Could watch it every day and be riveted to the screen every or riveted to the screen each time. Well, Jason, I hope you don't get riveted to a screen. That would be very uncomfortable, but you are right about this match and the build. Uh, Chris Jericho gets in trouble for saying matches don't matter. Uh, and I understand what he's saying. Moves don't really matter either. It, they're just moves. Without a storyline there, without the story being told accurately, it's really just moves and just matches. Have it mean something, guys. You're putting up uh, your bodies here. David E. Houston the second says, Still holds up. Both guys bring all the intensity and violence you would expect. I've never even heard of an I Quit match before that. You're absolutely right. This match does still hold up. Uh, we'll do a couple more here. Gary Lemons. I loved it. I thought the storytelling during the match was spot on. They looked like they were going to kill each other. They made us believe that they hated each other. You don't get storytelling like that anymore. Absolutely right. You just get sucked into this match. Uh, just clawing and scratching. Unbelievable uh, effort put on by both of these guys. Uh, what else do we have here? Jimmy Nance, epic, perfect story, perfect back and forth, and just enough questions at the end to make it believe when Tully swore he never said, I quit. Top 10 all-time definitely. Of course, Tully Blanchard claimed to have never have said, I quit after this. But uh, I think we know the truth here. What else we got here? Larry Smith says, Tully never said it. <laughs> See, even to this day, people say that uh, he didn't say it. James E. Inman, the best match of that era. It was the 80s version of the Hell in the Cell. How apropos means that we are in Hell of the Cell season. Tom Koninsky, former Alexis Machine and a very respected uh, veteran of the game of professional wrestling himself. He was a very respected professional wrestler at one time himself. So Tom Koninsky says... One of my all-time favorite matches between two of the best in the biz. It was bloody and violent. Lots of drama. Tully was a great heel and T.A. a future champ. Both men came out looking strong after the finish, too. <clears throat> You're absolutely right, Machine. And uh, just like I was uh, probably scared to death when I headed into a match to you uh, with you back in the day. So thank you for teaching me the ropes, as they say. All right, we got one more here. Stuart, Janice, Cottrell. The ultimate culmination of an intense, believable feud. I was young and new fan, and their feud over the U.S. title was what a rivalry is all about. That brutal, epic match ended a rivalry the way it was meant to end, leaving both wrestlers better than they were before it started. It elevated both wrestlers. 
absolutely right, Stuart. Could not have said it better myself. And thank you to the Jim Crockett Promotions Facebook group. Fans, if you're not part of that group and you are a fan of all things Jim Crockett Promotions, then please check it out. Uh, before we head out here, I want to say hi to our friends over at the Apter Chat. Of course, that is with Bill Apter and Josh Shernoff. You can check them out on the Twitter at the Apter Chat. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, at PW Reflections to find out about the Pro Wrestling Reflections podcast. But that's enough putting other people over. I'm going to take a page out of Tully Blanchard and say, until next time, fans. Remember, God is great. Saddle up your horses. I started out this morning in the usual way, chasing thoughts inside my head. All I had to do today. Another time around the circle Trying to make it better than the last I opened up the Bible And I read about you and me Say we'd all been prisoners God's grace, it sounds so free And somewhere between the pages It hit me like a lie